Hello, and welcome to the Two Half Squads, a show about the greatest game in the world, Advanced Squad Leader. I'm Dave. And I'm Jeff. We're your hosts for this show, and this is our very first show. Dave, are you excited? We are quite excited, uh-huh. And we are broadcasting from the outside of Chicago, the northwest suburbs. But inside of my house, because outside it's 18 below zero. Kind of chilly, a and chilly. a lot of snow. Yeah. So why are we doing this, Dave? Well, I don't know, actually. Why, why were we... <laughs> Dave called me one day and he said, why don't we do a podcast about Advanced Squad Leader? Nobody's doing one. And I thought, yeah, there's probably a reason for that. And ironically, I was driving here tonight taking my daughter and her friends to uh, drop them off at an event. And I said, oh, tonight I'm doing my podcast. And she said, what is that? And I told her and she said, why? It struck me then. I'm not sure why I am doing this. Because uh, we love the game. We love the game. And we want to talk about it and... We want to share our our experiences. We want to hear other people's experiences, bring the community together. I mean, that's what I love about this game is the community. Absolutely. A lot of great people playing. Absolutely. And so a little about us. First, Jeff will tell you about himself. Well, um, thank you, Dave. I am a... I, my name is Jeff, and I play Advanced Squad Leader. I feel like I'm uh, like this is uh, <laughs> excuse me ASL Anonymous. Alcoholics <laughs> Anonymous. And I'm uh, I have only I have only been playing Squad Leader for uh, about three years, and uh, I'm 50 years old. I was a I'm a late entry into the gaming world. Don't know how I went through so many years without knowing that this whole universe of gaming existed, but uh, I think I was walking through town, a nearby town, Mount Prospect, and I walked by a game store called Games Plus, and I walked in there, and I was just astounded that there is this whole universe of of this hobby, and um, I, I sort of remembered in the 70s that there were these games from Avalon Hill. I remember seeing them in the bookstore, though I never played any of them, so it got me intrigued. I did a little looking around I started uh I went on eBay picked up a copy of Panzer Leader and Panzer Blitz because I sort of remembered those from the 70s and then I just in some doing some reading I was reading about Squad Leader and of how that was the game to play uh and I went on the Multiman Publishing website and discovered a nearby gaming group that plays Squad Squad Leader and decided to go join them and uh Three years ago, I met up with Dave. Dave, it's been, uh, other than my marriage, it's probably the most satisfying relationship <laughs> I've ever had. Well, thank you. <laughs> and the most aggravating. <laughs> no, that's the game of squad leader that's yeah, been the most that's, aggravating. Yeah, that's right. That's advanced right. Advanced squad. Yeah. So, uh, so my, my history in gaming is relatively short. Tell me your history. Well, I just noticed you said the game to play, and I remember my friend that got me into it calling it the Cadillac of war games. I would say, and, yes. Uh, and that meant expense also, as I'll get to in a moment. Um, my gaming history, I, I was in high school, and there was a local hobby shop called Lyles in Westmont. And they had the fantasy figures in there for D&D &D and all the other games. And um, I was into Lord of the Rings, the novels. The films weren't done then, of course, back in 78. And bought some of these figures and made my own game, uh, which actually we should play sometime. Have we played my game? 
We never have. No, you're holding out on me. I, I will have to. We'll have to dig it out. Yeah. Um, and I did it in high, made it in high school, and um, then went to college and got introduced to. I hate to say it, squad leader listeners, but D and D. I know, and it's a shame. Please tell no one. And um, devil played, worshiper, <laughs> devil worshiper. <laughs> and I played that for quite a while, a long while, lots of games of that. And then met a guy at a theater company I worked at in Niles, um, Illinois, and uh, he I introduced him to D and D. And he said, "Well, I know these guys who play this miniature historical game. You would love this. You know, you're an art painter. Uh, I have an art degree from Illinois Wesleyan, and." Um, you love history, so I went out and watched him play this miniature war game, uh, War Games Rules, I think 7th edition for those of you that may know it. And then he said, this, this other board game is supposed to be really good, and they just came out with a new version, Advanced Squad Leader. And why don't we get it? And I said, that would be great. I'll try that with you. And he said, it's going to cost about 70 bucks, I think. And um, I think it was 30 and 40 or something for the... Rules and Beyond Valor, and I said it was a lot of money to a recently out of co- out of college person working in a theater job building sets, not making great money. And um, we went back out to that Lyle's Hobby Shop in Westmont. Well, by since then I moved away from there, but went out there and bought the rules, dropped the big bucks, you know, and drove home. And Wally started to teach me this game. He's much more intelligent than I am. As our listeners will find out in the next course of listening to the and episode. I can vouch, I can vouch for that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know Wally, but uh, did Wally had Wally played this game before? Um, I think he may have played the original Squad Leader with somebody once or twice. Oh, okay. But he was a guy that could actually read this rule book and pick it up real swiftly. So he wow. got me into it and pulled me kicking and screaming through each of the sections. Uh, you know, I'm like infantry only, infantry and machine guns. Okay, I can do that. I'm not doing tanks. And then he'd wait a couple weeks. We'd play like every weekend or every other weekend. Come on, let's do tanks, you know. No, I can't do tanks. Look at this scenario. It only has a few tanks in it. All right, I'll try that one. And then he would teach me the tank rules, and then I'd go home and read them all and try and figure out where he might be wrong. Uh, But he was a very smart guy. And so that was back in the beginning, in 85, I suppose, and I've been playing ever since. Uh, as well as many other games, and I've got uh, my thousandth uh, ASL game coming up soon. Cave keeps track of every squad leader scenario he plays. And it's true. I think I started about a six months late back in '85, um, writing it down. But I just kind of wanted to know who was winning the scenarios. Was it always the Germans or always the defender? And so I started a record with who I had played. And so then, uh, do you have a fantasy of who you're going to play for the thousandth game, or is it going to be like, uh, you know, Sandra Bullock? Or I don't know. If she, <laughs> I don't know if she plays squad leader. Maybe not. No, I don't think so. Uh, um, no, my goal is to get the gang together from the PAASL uh, squad leader club in Palatine. Oh, okay. And uh, hopefully, try and get everybody out. <clears throat> yeah, we'll make a little festival of it, I suppose. But we'll sing your praises. We'll goose step around the room and <laughs> sing your praises. And you have to let me win. Uh, yes, yeah. of course. Uh, yeah. Would so you, you just use your regular uh, yellow and white dice, and you will win. Those do seem <laughs> to do the trick, don't they? <laughs> it seems so. 
<laughs> um, yep, so that's my background. And, and my, I remember when Jeff first came to join the club, he saw us on the MMP website, uh, emailed and said, come on by, and he walked in the basement. And I had no idea that he was interested in a lot of these games that he just saw at Games Plus. So he walked in the basement, and the, my walls are lined with, you know, a lot of board games and then packets of miniatures games and D&D painted figures and boxes of miniature armies. And, um, you know, I think he thought, holy cow, this is just like the game store. Um, I, was, so, I was a gog. <laughs> I do like that since then, I've dragged Jeff into some D&D games, and he joins our, our miniature. I gleefully, you didn't night. drag me. I, I gleefully skipped into that. And that is true. I'm enjoying that. I'm enjoying that, too. I know people that uh, will only play Squad Leader and uh, think that there are no other games other than Squad Leader, and I have a lot of respect for those people, um, t- uh, at least to their faces. <laughs> but yeah, it, I like it's variety, good. yeah. It is good to play some others, I suppose. But don't get us wrong, listeners. We definitely love this game. It's a great game. Um, so what is this game? Tell You're us, probably... tell us, Dave. Tell us what is Advanced Squad Leader. So what is Advanced Squad Leader? It is a tactical warfare game for World War II. And it has counters that represent individual squads for many, many nationalities once you buy a lot of the games, but it's well worth the investment, and you add up the time you spend playing and reading about it and thinking about it, and for uh, the cost, is it comes out to be a good um, amount of entertainment for your dollar, bang for your buck. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. It's very good and money well spent, I would say. Well spent. And then the counters are leaders, individual leaders, thus advanced squad leader. Uh, you have machine gun counters, uh, demolition charges, and so on. You have um, tanks, all kinds of tanks. They actually put in rules for aerial combat and uh, strafing runs by airplanes. Um, you get into the um, sorry, the Pacific Theater. You're adding in landing craft and rules for um, that kind of thing, and basically any any vision you have in your head about World War II can be played out on the board game, right? Right. right. Yeah, that's right. And one of the great things about the game uh, that I love is that it plays on, um, I mean, it's all the same scale. The, the hexes are yeah. 40 yards. I think it's one hex is 40 yards. Well, I could be wrong about that. But in any event, um, what I like about it is that you can play, there are so many different scenarios. 40 meters. 40 meters. Uh, excuse me, I have not converted yet yes. to the metric <laughs> system. Don't you remember we did? We converted back in 1976 oh, when we were taught the new system and told we were going to convert. That's right, but um, we're holdouts. We're like cavemen over here in the U.S. <clears throat> Maybe every, I think everybody should just uh, convert back to us, back to our I, system, the American hey, system. I was going to say, we're Americans, why not? Um, but the game can be played, there, there are all these different scenarios. So you can play small scenarios that are just infantry. You can play then larger scenarios that might include tanks and mortars. You can play larger scenarios even then that include um, campaign games and larger things. And the beauty of this system is that it's modular, so you can purchase it in uh, sections, um, which, and, and in a, a lot of times the sections kind of 
correspond with complexity. So as you add the other modules, you add some complexity. It's not always true, but it's it's sometimes true. And you can, but you don't have to. You can also just play some of the more basic ones. And also, uh, they keep they keep working on the game. Even now, they are working on new modules that'll that'll be coming out. Isn't that right, David? Don't they have something new coming out here That's shortly? That's correct. Everyone's expecting um, Valor of Guard, an extension to a historical game, which gets us into uh, the historical games. The, the original system is, what is it called, abstract um, boards that represent villages and represent right. family regions. But the historical ones are actually pulled from aerial reconnaissance photographs of the actual battlefields of World War II. And so they're working on Valor of the Guards coming out very soon. And although they're notoriously slow in their releases, where Avalon Hill was initially, Avalon Hill went out of business and um, was taken over by Multiman Publishing. The game was saved by some ASLers uh, in Hasbro, I believe, right? That's right. And so when we when we say they, they are coming out with this, and they, we're talking about Multiman Publishing, who is the, the current publisher of, of the game. Yes. So it's a it's great in that respect because it's just got so many different ways you can play. Yep, we recommend it highly. Um, I think our next topic is going to be how to buy it. How do you buy this game? You take money. <laughs> well, I that's I had some confusion, and you know, I, I think maybe. Um, I'm a little slow in the head, uh, being a late comer into gaming. It, it takes me a while to catch on to things, and I would stand there and look at all the squad leader stuff at my local gaming purveyor, and I would be very confused about exactly how the whole thing went together. But I think part of that confusion was they didn't have all the modules in, so I didn't realize exactly how this all went together. Eventually, I, I actually asked somebody, which I probably could have saved myself a lot of time by doing that. But really, good idea. really, the way you buy the game is, uh, well, you can buy the starter kits. That's a very good way to get into the game. And you can buy starter kit one and then two and then three. Or you could just start with starter kit three, right? You don't have to start with starter kit one. There's just some... Um, that is correct. The rule book includes the same rules from the starter kit one and two. Yeah. But I think it's good to go in order, I think. Right. But the, the thing is, the starter kit one is basically just um, infantry and support weapons. Starter Kit 2 is infantry support weapons and adds uh, guns, like artillery. And then Starter Kit 3 is really the the first two games plus tanks. That's right. And so where did the game today? Well, you can't get it at Sears, I noticed. Um, can't get it at Borders, uh, and they do not have it at Walgreens the last time I checked. Uh, no, or Walmart. No, you kind of have to buy it at um, a specialty store. And uh, the way to buy, if you're going to buy the full system, the way to buy it is to buy the rule book, which is a fairly large tome. It comes in a binder, and it costs about $80, I think, is what the the uh, version two rules are, and then um, and that all that gives you is the headaches without any of the fun. It's all the rules without any of the pieces or boards. So you need to buy the first module, which is called Beyond Valor, and that includes um, German troops, 
German troop counters and um, Russian troop counters, I think. Is that right? Yeah. 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 Yes, we'll get into that later. Today we're going to have a looking at what's... I will still say, um, as far as purchasing a game uh, online from Multiman Publishing, they take pre-orders for games that are coming up, and I think you get most of them there. Um, you can find them often on eBay, shop, wherever you are. Country. And if you have an old um, uncle or grandfather, you can check in his closet and see if he's got, got something stashed away. And what I've taken to doing is stopping by garage sales and looking for it. And that is an exercise in futility, but you never know when you're going to come upon something like that. The, the used shops, the secondhand shops and places like that are a great spot to find these things sometimes, if you're lucky. Well, Advanced Squad Leader is a completely redesigned version of Wargaming's most popular game system, Squad Leader. It's bulging with new material to maintain its state-of-the-art reputation on the cutting edge of Wargame design. And what's more, ASL will always be up to date because it's not just another rule book. Here today and obsolete tomorrow, it comes in a three-ring binder which can be constantly updated by removing the old pages and adding new ones. Gosh, Dave, that, uh, I should write that down. That that really rolled off your tongue beautifully. That's because I'm reading reading it off of the rule binder. Oh. So Jeff, why don't you put in what is advanced squad leader into your own words? Uh, to me, advanced squad leader is a nightmare. It's a nightmare come true. <laughs> it is. I look at it as it uh, look at it as a study in the my inner psyche. Uh, it's a game that is uh, complex, yes, but not insurmountable. True. Uh, it's a challenge. Um, what I love about it, really, it is that it, to me, it's something that can be played over and over again. It's different every time. Um, I've I have played some other board games that I found to be very repetitive. You could only play it a couple of times, then you kind of knew how to win. And what I love about Squad Leader was very very early on, I saw that even though it seemed very expensive to get into, you know, 80 bucks plus plus whatever uh, Beyond Valor was at. Well, that was probably combined in those days, it was like 40 and 30 for. for yeah, each, so. I think I think now it's 80 and 80 or something like I'll that, or bet, right around there. That that's right. Which mm -hmm. seemed like a lot, but there's so much in it, and um, and it play can play different every time, and the fact that there are so many players playing it makes it a great experience. But it's um, something that, uh, for those people that are wondering whether they, whether or not they should get into Advanced Squad later, I would definitely encourage them to try it because it can be done. If it's done in the right steps, um, it's just a matter of learning some rules and reading the charts. Yes, that is very true. That makes it, uh, it, it, it the, the rule book is written in this odd manner. It's not very narrative. It's very legalese. Yes. Is that the right word? I would say. Um, and when I first started learning it, I, I woke up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat, uh, you know, and the terms from the, the rule book are running through my head, you know, to hit roll, uh, armor class, uh, you know, P-A-A-T-C, uh, you know, M-M-F-M-M-O, you know, movement open ground, all that was just rolling through my head. Very intimidating, but it can be done, as Jeff has said, and they do have the starter kits out now, and I think I would recommend starting with the starter kits if you can't find someone to teach you 
the advanced straight up out of Beyond Valor. Yeah. Um, yeah, and as a longtime player, uh, you found, even though you'd played for probably 20 years before, well, I don't know, yeah, 20 years before the starter kits came out, you think the starter kits uh, really did justice to the game? They didn't uh, cut down too much or bastardize it to, or to make it easy to learn? Yeah, I would say they're 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 fine. Um, I'm sure some would disagree with me, but again, when I started, I was overwhelmed a little. So I think it's a beautiful job that they did. It's a it's a fun, playable game, and a lot of the rules were they've left out are rules that I didn't want to get to anyway in the basic games when I started. You know, bypass. Let's just not do bypass. You know, we have to read this whole section. Let's just move through the house like it normally talks about. Those kind of things. Um, and the charts are really wonderful, and they do help you. So. Let's okay? see what's in the box. You now is the segment. This is called. This is a segment we like to call. What's in what's the box? What's in the box? Well, I'm looking at Advanced Squad Leader Starter Kit Number One. It may be a place for you newbies to begin, and um, it comes with. Uh, I'm looking at a counter sheet right here. You get the American Infantry, Elite. Paratroopers, first line troops, um, second line squads, and the half squad to go with those. The leaders range from a egg two, and a, to a six plus one, a plus being bad. And the support weapons include uh, two flamethrowers, two mediums, and two three mediums, and one heavy machine gun. We see about the same spread for the Russian troops, including a DC and no flamethrower, and the German infantry, um, assault engineers, and down through con conscript troops. Um, and the leaders for those, machine guns, and the counters you would need to play. And you get um, the rule book, which is a simplified version of the advanced squad. How many leader. pages in that rule book? Good question. That's got 11 pages. 11. How do they do that if each, if if each page is two-sided? Um, oh, there's a, nothing on the back. Oh, okay, I question. see. There okay. you go. There it is. <laughs> Credits. Thanks to have Ken one Dunn and MMP. It's only one-dimensional. <laughs> you get a reference chart, which uh, gives you your... Um, um, values and things. Uh, plain yes, charts. and let me. Uh, we can't overstress, boys and girls. Um, if you are a neophyte player, how important it is to um, look at the charts. I would say even you know read the first few paragraphs of the rules and then really look at the charts because and try to understand them because then as you read the rules you'll find out that, that it's going to make a lot of sense. Yeah, they've done a nice job of incorporating those rules into the yeah. charts. Take the time to read them. Um, I'm looking at board Y, which has a nice um, kind of few small villages spread out through some also some open ground and grain fields and a few wooded sections. So Jeff, board Z, what is it on? I have board Z, which is uh, quite a thorough scattering of stone buildings. Some are just single hex and some are multi-hex and with some trees and some uh, orchards here and there. That's uh, very pretty. It's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> there's, 
They're they are nicely painted boards, aren't they? They really are. They, they I are. think I think they used to be hand painted originally. Um, I think today these are produced by small computers. small children held in captivity. Uh, probably the publishers, <laughs> the publishers' grandkids. They had them painting those. No, Jeff. I think you're the only one who makes your children clip your counter. As I do. Yes, I make my kids clip my counters. Yes. Yeah. So. And I, I pay them. You do. Pay I pay them. them. Yeah. Looking at the scenarios, we've got one through six. One pits the American paratroopers in Beerville, France. Pardon my French. I don't know how to pronounce some of these French names. Shame on you. I see them a lot on scenario cards. I read them a lot in books, but I don't hear them said out loud a lot. Scenario um, two were the rats. The great one with the Germans and the Russians or Soviets. And all of these, all of these, all of these scenarios are based upon actual. Historical battles. Yeah, they give the date here. They give the historical context and the aftermath. What happened after the battle? Scenario three is called simple equation. And it's the uh, American uh, 26th Infantry Regiment into combat in Aachen, Aachen, Germany. Scenario four, Luxembourg. I don't think I know where Luxembourg is. Is that actually a country? Uh, well, I'm glad you asked, Dave. That uh, Luxembourg. We'll th we're going to save that for another episode. Okay. It's it's always good. You know, you don't want to give everything away in the first episode. Well, apparently in Luxembourg there was the 77th Regiment of the 26th Volksgrenadier Division. So I think those are second line troops. We're looking at some not high quality German troops. What year? What year is that? What's the date on that scenario? Uh, December sixteenth, nineteen forty-four. Okay. And scenario five, clearing Colville, um, adds a little mystery to it with uh, some random quantity squads for the scenario for the Americans facing off uh, near Normandy on June sixth, nineteen forty-four. And the last scenario six in Russia. Uh, 1941, uh, probably near the initial drive on Moscow, the 2nd SS Division, that's right, facing off against the 9th Guards Infantry Division, two great elite forces locked in mortal combat. Locked. And your, your mission is to unlock them from mortal combat. To unlock your enemy, yes, right. first. And that's what you get in Starter Cable well, that's, 1. And that's a lot of fun for uh, about $35, I think, something like that is the going price on that. Um, and a lot of hours of entertainment in there. But let me digress for a moment because it, I have a question for you. And that is, why would somebody want to play Advanced Squad Leader? I mean, this, this is a complicated game. But what what is it um, about this game? And this is really a detailed game. I, when I go into the game stores, they make they kind of make fun of the game. I think a lot of the guys at the uh, game stores don't play this game. They they play things that are simpler right. to play. They laugh at the fact that uh, you know you're every time you want to take a step, you have to roll the dice, which is an exaggeration. But you know, this is a complicated game. What what is it about this game? Do you think? It is. It's complexity really engages your mind. Um, so many options to do in a game. I, you know, I don't play chess much, but I, I watch chess players engrossed 
I have many photographs of my opponents, and they're sitting there with their hands on the sides of their heads, staring down at the board on the you know, horns of dilemma. They're, they don't know what to do for their next move. Um, and it just it engages you in that way. The, the minute, the detail, provides a sense of realism that you don't get with other games. And it's on such a basic level. Your machine guns actually break and are repairable and so on. It, um, fun things happen. The heat of battle chart, which is not in the starter kits. Um, you know, groups going berserk, right? right? Um, charging across the open ground. Creating a hero out of nowhere. Things going well for you. Suddenly the dice can turn against you. The extremes in the dice... Um, Snakes and boxcars provides extreme things to happen in the game. That's really part of the fun of the game. It's not where an average roll always gets this result and um, there's no great variance to the game. It has a lot of variance in what can happen based on your tactics as well as the dice rolls. Which makes it more replayable, I would say. In, in my limited experience, it really does. Yeah, that is correct. And it is, it is uh, because it's on this tactical level, it's very personal. You feel very... I get very involved with uh, the troops on a personal level that you don't get on a strategic level game. Yeah, well, you don't cry when you lose your ten to the leader. Uh, a little. Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> I, don't like, I don't like people to see it. In this next portion, we thought we'd try to give some basic tactic advice. Uh, and our first piece of advice for some beginning players is don't stack your squads. Your squads. All in, all in one hex. Why, Dave? Why don't we want to stack our squads all in one hex? Well, when your opponent makes one really lucky low dice roll, the whole stack has to suffer the consequences. So it's tempting to stack with your leader at a 9-neg-2 leader. Adds great benefits to the squads, but a low roll can take the whole stack out. You really don't want to try and do that. Yeah, well, that makes that makes sense. <clears throat> but you can stack, right? I mean, the, the rules say um, that the normal stacking... The normal stacking limit for a hex, for most hexes, is three squads. But you can stack more than that if you want. And it, it, in fact, if there, if there's no con, if nobody's shooting at them, and they're not moving, you can stack as many as you want in one hex, couldn't you? Right, but the penalty is there's a the, the attacker gets a neg one per extra additional squad over three in the hex. Right. Firing out for you is at a plus one per squad. It rarely benefits you. But if they're all, if they just want to get in out of the rain, <laughs> you can stay. You can stack a whole mess of them together if you just want to get them all in out of the rain. Yeah, you can put them all in that little house. Yeah, there. yeah. As long as they're not um, in the line of sight of somebody. Uh, I, think, I think you can. Yeah. Okay. Um, and my friend Greg was a beginner, and we were teaching him, and we said, you know, he was wanted to move a stack on with a leader and that neg two leaders extra tempting, and so. He, we said, do you may not want to stack those. He goes, oh, yeah, I know, I know. And he continued to move them as a stack down the street. It's like, it's a parade. The, it, was a it was a parade of blood <laughs> as the squads were, I think, you know, he lost, had to lose two KIA, two, 
two off the board right away. Everybody else broken in the stack. So try not to do it. One lucky roll is not worth yeah. risking it. So. Um, I think our next segment will be, um, in the future we'll try and bring you some advanced tactics. We're not quite ready for that yep. tonight. Um, we are going to maybe discuss our favorite scenarios. Oh. So, you, Jeff, well, I like think, start? Uh, not to contradict you, you, I'd like you to discuss your favorite scenario, and I'll, to discuss, I'll discuss the scenario that I'm currently playing, because I'm going to okay, be playing that, that one for a while. So. Yeah, you will be. Um, well, I chose to bring out tonight, uh, I looked back through the beginning scenarios that came with Beyond Valor, and I got up to Partisan, and I chose Sylvan Death. One, I, I liked the idea of having these Partisans. So Sylvan Death takes place in um, Romania in May 1944, and the German um division is moving in to clear out a forest of uh, Jeff, could you get out 432? 432, yeah. In the partisan box. And the entire partisan OB sets up using the initial placement, which means they're not on the board at all, on board 32. And the uh, Germans enter with the goal of amassing 15 casualty points, which means eliminating a lot of the enemy, and provided they control three hexes in the middle of this forest that's on board 32. And they can't suffer 20 casualty victory points, which means they can't take too many casualties while they're achieving this goal. The partisans have um, low firepower against elite Germans, which have better firepower and better morale. They partisans being hidden really helps, obviously, a lot, because the enemy doesn't know where they're located. There are search rules you may want to look up if you're going to try and play this game. Look up the search rules, in which you expend a point, movement point in your hex, and you roll a dice. It's modified to see which hexes you I think, cannot search, I think, chosen by your enemy, but you, you can search some hexes to turn up the enemy. The partisans have a lot of minefields and nine trenches in this woods. This is the, like, little partisan headquarters, you know, and I just find that very you know, romantic, that's lack of a better word, uh, idea for a scenario. Um, what else do we have here? No quarter in effect for both sides, so there's no prisoners being taken. No prisoners. And to make it interesting, the partisans can exit the plane area, start to run away. Run away. That's one of my favorite tactics. On yeah. Um, when in doubt, route, to quote the dagger, um, Detroit area gamers. Um, so on turn five, they can start to exit the plane area, denying the Germans those casualty victory points they need. So the attacking German has to be aware of that, maybe send some squads around to block those exit hexes, be prepared for that, and um, thinking ahead, like any good squad leader game. Uh, this game, I like so much, I did this in miniature. I do that 15 millimeter miniature um, armies for squad leader, and we set up this board with the road and the, the forest here, um, and the Germans moving on, and it was really fun to play. It was a little group game. It worked out really well. So um, that's one of my favorite scenarios. Sylvan Death looks like I uh, makes me lost with the Germans my first game, won with the Germans my second game, and 
Lost with the Partisans, my third game of it, and I don't have recording what happened with the group game, but that's on a different list. So Makes me want to play it, Dave. You make it sound so tasty. Hey, we'll go back and do that once I finish playing all the current <laughs> scenarios that are made available by MMP Publishing Company, which will... I'll be about 83 years old when I get yeah. that accomplished. So. Well, I'll, I'll put that on my calendar. No, we can move this one up and do that I, I think we should have a segment on this show. What do you think of this? Um, and I'll put you on the spot for the most ridiculous tactic you've ever tried. Oh, and you oh. might have a whole bunch of them. Here's a ridiculous tactic I tried as a, <laughs> as a very neophyte. No, I, 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 think, I think you have a whole bunch I, of them. I do. Yes, yes, I do. Uh, I was playing a game with my friend Joe, and his victory conditions were that he had to take control of a certain number of buildings that started off in my control. And so as I saw that I was trying to lose, my tactic was that I would try to burn uh, uh, burn all the buildings to the ground. Oh, yeah. And uh, while that does seem like a good idea, um, there's not enough time in a game. The game is only six or seven or eight turns long. To, well, uh, that's because you're a rookie. You didn't realize how long it yes. would take. But. Yeah, but I thought that this is a great idea. I'll just burn everything and then run off the other end of the board. Yeah, I don't think I have. You don't have any um, ridiculous tactics, do you? All of your tactics are, are sound and, uh, and wise. Because I'm not all that creative when I play the game. <laughs> I, you know, um, I do remember sometimes... Feeling sympathy for my opponents if they weren't winning, they were new at the game. I like to let the new guys win, so keep them, keep give them the spirit to come back. Uh, so I was charging squads across the open ground at the victory hexes, and of course, you know my opponent couldn't roll below an 11, uh, and morale checks kept coming up fours and fives. And I swear, as much as I was trying to get killed, I ended up having to take the victory hex and win. They just but. Yeah, it's a, that was a silly tactic, hard to control those dice rolls. Exactly. Well, I don't. Uh, I'm not going to talk about my favorite scenario, but I will talk about the scenario that I'm currently playing with a friend of mine. We get together once a week on Monday nights for uh, about three and a half hours, and we have decided we're going to play the um, Tarawa campaign game. Ooh. We played a couple of the. Uh, the shorter scenarios to wet our feet with the Pacific Theater of Operations. And now we're playing the full Tarawa Campaign Game 3, which is uh, which takes place on a large map. Um, and we have spent about 10 hours so far setting up. And we're, we're almost ready to start playing. And it's actually been very fun setting up but there's there's a lot to no, that you is. have to per you get a certain number of points that you use to purchase um uh fortifications and um guns and things like that and you have to then figure out how where people are going to line up and all the lines of sight and it's a fairly large island and I'm playing the Japanese and my friend Joe is playing the United States Marines so he's got all these waves of landing crafts that are going to be coming over this very shallow uh, ebb tide reef area, and it, it's really it's going to be very fun, but um, a very large undertaking. So it's not something you can um, be in a hurry to play. 
fortunately, Joe has the kind of setup where we can set it up. And we'll probably be playing this thing for, I would say, three or four months, once a week. I think yeah. you will be. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Well, we're getting ready to wrap things up. We're, um, All, already hoping... it's time, Dave? Yes, already, my friends. Uh, our problem is we're working with uh, new technology for us, so we're hoping to improve it. We think there's an echo. We think there are various other problems, but we're going to go ahead and put this out there for you and try to improve our um, technology and improve our show and bring you better information next time. And we hope you enjoy this show. We do, and we would like to hear your feedback. We would love to have suggestions, what the kind of things that you would like to hear on the show. We're going to have, uh, we're going to be having guest callers, uh, interviews with people. Um, we're going to set it up so that uh, you can send us voicemail uh, that we think with questions or whatever comments. And uh, we've got all kinds of ideas for this, so it's going to be fun. And we figure maybe once every two weeks we'll be putting one of these out. Think so, Dave? That is the goal. That's the goal. Um, yeah, it'd be nice to bring in guests, people to interview players as, in this area, Chicago area, as well as who knows, maybe some game developers for some inside tips. Um, we like to bring you historical reports actually about World War II, perhaps discuss books on the subject that we found interesting that we've read. Um, I'll have continuing reports on how things are going in, in Tarawa, my Tarawa campaign. That would be interesting. And that's what we're hoping to do for And you, Dancing so. Girls. <laughs> Which you won't be able to see. No, but, but you, you might hear their feet tapping across the That's floor. right. Well, we'll, so, we'll be enjoying it, though. Yes, we will. <laughs> and I guess that's about it. So um, we'd like to say, roll low, and may the dice be with you. But, but not, not when you're, when playing, you're playing us. us. Bye, everybody.